That Thursday evening, I cleared the two top steps and hit the ground running. Detective Carver was pulling ahead and not looking back. I would say it was like demons were after us, but that would be putting it mildly. Just as I reached the SUV, there was an explosion. The front windows of the house blew out and flames leapt high into the night sky. We were both knocked to the ground, and to add injury to insult, a brick rocketed down and whacked me in the back of the head. I saw stars. Good grief, I knew that it hurt, though I was still alive. Everyone called me Detective G, or Kelly G, or simply G. Don't ask me why. At that moment, I barely even knew my, who I was myself. Hi there, and welcome to another edition of the Guild Podcast, the podcast for the Writers, Artists, and Readers Guild. I am your host, Chris Mary Hultman, and uh, I would like to start with uh, some news. Um, I hinted on some news last week, but I think I dialed into it deeper. There's a couple of things going on. First of all, the release of my first full-length novel, uh, Face of Fear, which is coming from uh, Breaking Rules Publishing. It is out now. You can uh, get it on Kindle on Amazon, and you can go to breakingrulespublishing.com to get to order it. Um, I think that is an episode in itself, really, to promote that book, but it is a supernatural kind of... uh, crime noir or a crime noir with supernatural overtones set in the 50s in my hometown of Racine, Wisconsin. So check that out if you are interested. And if you followed me for a while, you probably know a little bit more about what it's about because I've dropped kind of chapters here and there uh, throughout the last few years. But so excited about that. Uh, also promoting the, uh, the Guild After Hours uh, or After Dark after hours, uh, hosted by Tim Mendes, where he sits down and talks to authors in kind of a laid-back pub-style interview. Check that out. You can find it on the same feed. And we're also promoting our latest podcast, which is Easing the Reader, where I and Dave Green go through uh, the Wheel of Time books uh, five chapters at a time. We're starting with Eye of the World. First episode has been recorded and should be coming out this weekend. Look for that on Sunday at the latest. Uh, that is going to be on a separate podcast, so not uh, in this one. Anyway, done with promotions. This today we're having. Uh, Author Sandra Wells, or Sandy Wells, as our guest. She is also a crime fiction author, uh, working. She has two books released, and she is about to release her third uh, novel. Uh, but it, it is a fun talk. Um, let's get into it right away. This time, I would like to uh, welcome Sandy Wells to the Guild podcast. Uh, Sandy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great today. How are you? Good. It's uh, it's been it's been nice and warm over here after being quite rainy and cold. 
So that's always appreciated. Of course, when you start working, that's when it starts getting warm. Oh, of course. Yeah, we need some rain here. We really do. It hasn't rained in about a week. Yeah. Well, last night, I actually was woken up by the rain, and that happens very rarely. But it was like raining so hard uh, that it was uh, making a god-awful noise on on the roof. So that was <laughs> and it is that. That's kind of not so good when you have to work first day of work the following day. Keep you awake half the night anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, delighted that you uh, wanted to come on the show. Um, tell us a little bit. Uh, how did you get into get get into writing? Well, I had a graphic design business for thirteen years, and I worked all the time. But I always wanted to write, and I actually started writing a book and got about three chapters of it done and then just had to abandon it because I, I was working all the time. And after that was all over and I stopped working, I had all this time on my hands. So I said, well, I think I'll try it again. So last March, I just sat down and started writing and it's going from there. I wrote two books and I'm almost finished with my third one. So, I mean, so you had a you had a desire to write from the beginning. You took a break and then you come come back. And were you? I mean, were you in a place? I mean, and maybe because maybe I, you were older. Because I remember when I was younger, I was always so very critical of my own my own writing. I I actually didn't dare send anything in uh, until like a couple of just like a couple of years ago. And I had I'd been writing since I was like a little kid. How do you how do you go from like starting writing in March and then just like getting published? How does that work? How do you even work up the courage to do something like that? Well, I agree with you. When I was a kid, I wrote a lot. Of, actually, I wrote a lot of poetry when I was a kid and songs. I tried my hand at that. But uh, about five years ago, like I said, I, I wanted to write, but I just I didn't have the time. I was torn between being a mother and having a job or a business and everything. And then when that, like I said, when I retired, I sat down and I said, well, I'm going to try it. And it's really scary putting yourself out there. It is. I agree with you. Uh, but I, I liked what I wrote. I, you know, finished the book up and a friend of mine actually edited it. Mm -hmm. Her name is uh, Valerie Elias. And after that, I had a few people read it. And they really liked it, so I said, well, I think I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> and I talked to uh, Breaking Rules Publishing, and he said, well, I want to publish both your books. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, I'm thinking, and maybe you'll agree with this, I mean, you having your own business uh, must have been quite a boon in or a confidence booster. You've already put yourself out there in a in a business in your own business. Whereas for for me, for instance, I've never had my own business or anything like that. So I mean, I don't have the experience of putting yourself out there with something that is well, your baby. Yes, that really did help because when you design brochures and ads and and all kind of you know rat cards, the whole nine yards, billboards, it's you have to really swallow your pride once in a while because something you think is just phenomenal, the person that you're doing it for will say, oh, no, I don't like that, you know. <laughs> so you get you get used to being criticized quite a lot. And, you know, finally you come to, you know, a conclusion of 
they'll agree with you on this and this is the way you do it. <laughs> so, so, um, so you go from kind of, well, I mean, as you said, you had, you had written a little bit before, but really you kind of pull into the depot, put the writing on hold, and then you go from zero, kind of like, you're like a Formula One racer. They change your tires, you retire, you go from zero to a hundred once again and just get published. I mean, that must have felt great. That must have felt kind of unbelievable. Actually, it did feel great. I'm still kind of trying to, you know, get used to it. But, uh, I, I, you know, I have faith in Breaking Rules Publishing, and I know they'll do a good job with my books. And Christopher's a really nice guy. I've, I've just, um, you know, flattered that, that people like my books, and you always look for somebody to start criticizing them. <laughs> and I haven't really had that so far, knock on wood. So. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I, and I'm I have a book coming out with Breaking Rules Publishing here soon as well, and I mean, and that was a bit bit daunting actually getting that acceptance le letter because before, because I was always very private with my writing, um, and I was always told when I went to writing courses or writing retreats that you got to put yourself out there because you're not a writer unless somebody reads it. But you know, and I'm I'm just I'm very critical of my own work, and now. People keep saying, like my wife will say, or people will say, like, "Oh, I saw on Facebook that you're having a book come out," and I just like somewhere, even if this is what I always wanted, I have a hard time accepting and saying, "Yeah, I did that." I'm proud it's of real. It. <laughs> it's real, yeah, because it's a, it's a weird. I mean, I have nothing against flattery. I if people flatter, you know, the way I look or or the way I talk. That's fine, but that creation that that kind of flattery i just i haven't learned how to accept it yet no i haven't either and uh like i said i always wait for someone to you know start criticizing it because i'm so you know picky about what i actually write i'll go through it a couple times and after that i go no i can't do this anymore i've got to let it go the way it is yeah. <laughs> well that's something that i've learned i'm i very rarely actually do any extensive rewrites i mean i'll write everything and i'll go through it or i'll have a beta reader read it and then they'll say you know you should probably do this and do that and i'll change it that those particular parts but i i won't rewrite like a whole section oh no i don't do that either but i will change words here and there and go oh yeah i like that better yeah. um but once i've come through it maybe one time really good uh, I try to let it go, like I said, after that, because you can pick it to death for the rest of oh, yeah. you know, the end of time. <laughs> yeah, and being a teacher, uh, I, I battle with that a lot with students who just won't let essays go. And it's like, you've got it. You're going to get an F if you don't hand this in. And they're just like, but it's not perfect. And it's like, it's not supposed to be perfect. I mean, <laughs> if you wouldn't go to school if your work was perfect. I don't think anything in the world is perfect. <laughs> no, not at all. So how did that work? Did you have a story already planned? Or did you... You know, I didn't. Um, I just, like I said, I, I said to myself, I'm going to try writing again and just see where it goes. And I got the big picture of the big thing that I wanted to happen throughout the book in mind. And I just sat down and I come up with my characters and started and it just kind of evolved from from there you know so mm -hmm. as far as having a, a you know a, 
layout of how the book's going to go or anything like that. I, I don't have it. I just kind of make it up as I go. <laughs> so this was this wasn't like a story that you that you had like lying around and you said, no, like, well, this is no. something I'll go back to. So everything that you'd written before, basically, you scrapped. Uh, well, actually, uh, what I wrote before was on a computer that crashed. So oh. I didn't even have a copy of it. So, and that was years ago, like I said. But I, I, I take things in stages. I'll think about it a while, then I'll actually do it. Mm. So that's kind of how it came about. And once I just I sat down, I thought, well, I'd like for it to be in New Hampshire because, you know, I think New Hampshire is a cool state. I lived there for four years. And I just said, well, uh, I think I'll write a crime book. And there it went. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let me... Um, okay, let me ask you this, because I mean, I'm interested in the process, uh, and I'll give you an example of uh, an idea that I got when I was at our summer ho home on the West Coast, and we'll see uh, how similar your process is. So I was um, at our, our summer home at the West Coast. Uh, there, it's a it's a harbor town, very small. Uh, you'd probably liken it to like something you'd see in a British movie, you know, of like a, a harbor town, or if you've cool. seen the or if you've seen the Shipping News, um, with uh, Kevin Spacey and Julianne Moore, something like that. So it's a very small place. They live on fishing. There are boats everywhere, and I was just the whole atmosphere of being there in the evening. The sun is setting over the the, the ocean, and I was like thinking like this is a perfect crime setting but how would that what would i do and i was thinking well what what if it's an old fisherman a dead body washes up on the shore an old fisherman is tending to his net uh, the, he knows that the police are incompetent because it, it goes maybe a couple of days they don't solve anything and he's just sitting there and he tells his friend you know what if we're if anything's ever going to happen in this little place i'm gonna have to solve this myself and that's kind of where i started from I haven't, this is nothing that I'm working on now. It was just an idea I had. Yeah, I didn't have anything, you know, written down or sketched out or anything. Uh, like I said, I like New Hampshire. And the book before that I, I started writing uh, took place there in the Flume. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's it's up near Conway. Okay. And it's like granite face, you know, walls that you walk through on a, a walkway with little caves and everything and water. It's really cool. And I thought, well, this would be, you know, really a good place for something criminal to take place. <laughs> and and uh, I started with that. And I guess, yeah, you know, pretty much what you said. You picture the place and, and think it's a great place for it to happen. Now what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> so the whole crime uh, portion of it was more of a, uh happenstance or i mean it wasn't you or are you especially yes. Would, yes. You, would you categorize yourself as a crime fiction writer or was it just well, like crime point, yes <laughs> because i've only wrote two books and they're both about a crime you know so um but i read a lot of historical romance books and things like that you would think i would i would do that i just I have no desire to write anything like that. I mean, I don't know why, I just don't. I like to read it, but I don't want to write it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. It, I it, mean, 
any so so where do you when you decide to write a crime fiction story um and i mean i i like i'm i'm, I'm not a crime fiction writer although my my work with with breaking rules will definitely is is a crime fiction uh but more of a noir setting uh so so my background is more when it comes to crime is noir uh you know dashiell hammett uh -huh. raymond chandler mickey spillane those kind of guys uh, and that's uh -huh. and that obviously will influence it even though i've read a lot of sherlock holmes and agatha christie as well but that definitely influences my my storytelling what kind of crime fiction would you say if somebody were if you were to say this is very much like who would you say that your story is uh, like somebody that i relate to uh maybe james patterson mm -hmm. uh, um i don't read all crime fiction books or authors i like john saw i like dean coons mm -hmm. um a variety you know uh sanford I like Sanford, John Sanford, mm -hmm. but no one really, uh, someone asked me, do you read a book and that give you ideas? It, it's really weird because it doesn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll think, oh, that's a, that was a good idea, but when I sit down and start writing, like I said, it, it just goes from one paragraph into the next of what the person will do, and I kind of I don't know. I don't relate to any other author writing. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think I, I more, when I read other writers, and I've detailed this before on this podcast, when I read other writers, it's usually because I am intrigued by their writing style or how did they solve this problem in storytelling. Um, I wrote a lot of fantasy and I still do, and battle scenes or fight scenes between two people, I mean, you get easily get stuck in, and then he swung his sword, and he parried, and, you know, like, how do you yeah. change that up? How do people write that kind of stuff? And I've realized that fighting scenes are, are actually quite short. Uh-huh. It, it, I mean, I was kind of over overdoing it on overthinking it and i think maybe it's because i've seen too many zorro tv shows <laughs> as, and and like they have they have like endless sword fights but i mean in reality a sword fight wouldn't take that long i mean you no. you have to carry like a, a, a five pound sword and try to swing it at somebody's head that's you're not going to last very long <laughs> <laughs> no it, it, it actually doesn't last long but, you know, one of my pet peeves is I don't like a lot of descriptions. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I like something to be described, but not for a paragraph. You know no. what I mean? So and somebody's told me, or a couple people have told me that I have a very straightforward style of writing. So, so more, I, I'm not really big into a lot of descriptions. So more of a Hemingway uh, as opposed to maybe a Jane Austen or Charles Dickens then? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, think, when somebody goes into two paragraphs of describing a book or a pen or something like that, they lose me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, that's interesting because my stu my students will say that whenever they read, like a lot of them will want to read like Jane Austen because I mean you're supposed to read Jane Austen, and they're just like, why is this sentence a whole page? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, that's I really just don't need to know this much about that. No. 
No, and I think that's, I mean, I think, yes, uh, and, th and that definitely lends itself to, to crime fiction, definitely kind of like a, uh, like a short, curt kind of way of, of talking or, or describing things, or not even describing people at all. I don't think that it is completely uh, wrong to not have a sense of what the main character looks like until, you know, closer to the end. It's like, oh, he yeah. he had a mustache. I didn't, that wasn't how I depicted him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always wanted to go into forensics when I was younger. Oh yeah. And and I really, I, I really always did. Yeah, want to, but I was, you know, led down the road of graphic design for years, thirty years, <laughs> and never got a chance to explore it. But I always liked to watch Snapped and Forensic Files and you know things like that too. Yeah. So. It, it, crime is it is interesting to me, and uh, you know the techniques that they use to solve it and everything. Mm -hmm. So, so these books that you've written, they're part of a series, I understand. Uh, yes, I've got. Sorry about that. Listen, not a problem. <laughs> I've got the the first book is just like that, and then the second book in the series is nothing else matters, and I'm almost finished with the third which i named fatal predictions mm, are they are they the same same main uh, same characters same main characters, characters yeah yeah and and these characters are they uh homicide police or are they private detectives, detectives. they're detectives. Uh, no they're police detectives they're police detectives that's, I mean, that's also an interesting aspect because today it is so much more common that people write crime fiction about detectives. I mean, obviously we have Ed McBain to thank for that because he was the one that started it out. And then you have the Swedish authors, Kjörval Waller, who wrote about Martin Beck and his team. Um, why do you, do you think that there's a, a call for private eyes anymore? Or are they relegated to the old whole style of writing um i think if, if you know you made up a really good private eye it would be a good way to write um i i picked the detectives because they have more clout than a regular officer you know yeah. what i mean they they can uh, actually get into investigating the crime where a, a normal officer would just go there and you know say this and this happened mm. So that's the reason that I pick detectives. Mm. Do you also? Is there also a a, a lot of uh, personal um, issues or personal, you know, their their home life, their family life? Is that a big part of of what you write about, or are they uh, mostly it's, police? It's mixed in. Mm -hmm. uh, in the first book, I don't want to, you know, give the whole timeline and story away, but. No. The uh, detective Carver and detective Kelly G. It's a man and a woman, the two detectives. Yeah. And his uh, wife uh, was killed in the first book. Oh. Okay. So I mix it in. Their, their their personal life does come out in the book, yes, but mm -hmm. not like overly much. No, that's what I mean. That's what I like with Ed McBain is that you can read. I mean, obviously, you can read his book series um which one you want and i mean they don't come in any particular order 
unless you're interested in what's happening in the lives of the te detectives because their home life uh, changes as the book series evolves. And, and that has always fascinated me a lot when it comes to police procedure crime fiction because I find that detective stories where you have a private eye um, have less of that. Either the private eye is miserable and drinks a lot or he's got some other yeah. kind of issue. <laughs> Gambles, drinks, and smokes cigars. <laughs> yes, that's what they do. Uh, and I mean, obviously, in today's climate, in today's world, a, a genre like that isn't really maybe accepted. It's kind of frowned upon if you look at how it was when Raymond Chandler and, and Dashiell Hammett wrote it in the, in the 40s and 50s. Yeah, that's true. It is because, you know, Drinking and smoking both are like an ultimate no-no now. Yeah, exactly. But I think it still has its place in literature. I think everything does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if nothing else, you can use it as a pastiche uh, or something like that. Um, what has been now that you've uh, you gotten your contract or you've been you're you're putting out your books and everything like that? What how has the how has your world changed from what it was? Um. To be honest with you, it really hasn't changed that much. I mean, I'm, I'm proud of myself, and, you know, I like it when people tell me they, they read the books and like them, mm -hmm. but, you know, per se, I, nothing's really changed that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we put it like this, um, what are things that, before you started writing or before you were published, you didn't realize that you needed to know? Like, the stuff that oh. is completely new to you. Oh, God, there's, there's so much stuff you need to know. <laughs> uh, uh, when I write and I use any kind of electronics or anything in what I'm, you know, saying, I have to go back and, you know, Google it and go, okay, when did this come out and all this? Uh, I'm constantly having to uh, research things. It's a good thing you don't have to just go to the library and research anymore. I've thought that many times. <laughs> <laughs> but, um yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I really don't know what to say. I just, anything that I get stuck on, I, I actually laid the book down for a while, and mm -hmm. I'm doing something totally off the wall different, like baking a, you know, loaf of bread, and this comes to me, and I'm like, oh, yeah, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, but I'm thinking, like, the importance of having a social media presence, for instance, was that something that you were well aware of and that you were well prepared of? Have, had you, did you have a social media presence before you, oh, as you started yeah. writing? Yeah, definitely. Well, like I said, though, I've been, I was in graphic design and, and had the ad agency and everything. So my stuff was constantly out there. I actually worked for a publisher um, in, Cape Nettick, Samuel Weiser, and I worked for a publisher, Lark Books, uh, in Asheville, North Carolina. So I designed books then and did that. So my name is in a lot of books and things and, you know, like brochures and everything else that I've designed out there. So it's not really anything that new to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's been going on since I was 26, 27 years old. Yeah. So. 
And did you decide to design your your own book cover? Seeing I as you're a graphic designer. Sure <laughs> you know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I sure did. I've designed uh, all three of them. And I find it's that... hard to let go when it comes to design on something. It's hard for me to let go and let someone else do it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, from the from the beginning, when I was asked if I had a book design. Uh, for my for my book i did actually didn't have one i didn't have any idea or i did have like an idea but i felt that that was just way too kind of like outlandish to to fix and then i just started dabbling a little bit in photoshop and it's just like well actually i could probably this I, I do have an idea that would work really well simple design you know big title stuff uh -huh. like that it just and in the end I got really I was really happy with what I what I made it didn't have to, it was nothing at all of what I had in mind from all the right. beginning so and it actually turned out probably better well I mean you you know what you want I mean ultimately you do and and it's hard to describe it you know precisely to somebody else and have them do it mm -hmm. but yeah, I, when Christopher asked me, I, I got the contracts, the email with the contracts. Oh, my Lord, them contracts were long. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, uh, yeah, because I've only done, I've only signed contracts for short stories before, and, and they're fairly simple. Yeah, these were like pages long. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, and uh, I saw those, and then, you know, got those signed and everything, and he said, send... You know, the, the book, send your acknowledgments, send your cover if you have it. And all of a sudden I was like, boop, 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 here it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I'm I'm someone like I'm I'm like that too. I'm very visual when it comes to that. I almost need to have like a cover or an inspirational piece that I put together in Photoshop while I'm working on it. That's right. <laughs> uh, because I just like and it, and unfortunately that's also a way that I procrastinate because I'll sit and design this thing <laughs> when I should be writing instead. Yeah, uh, well, like I said, I you know I have to stop sometimes because if, if I try to force something to happen in the book it, it doesn't sound good it, it doesn't turn out right mm. and like i said if i just leave it alone and walk away and do something else and it comes to me then then i go write it down it's it's I, well i don't know if it's better but i always like it better <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah you know you, you can't force it I, i'll probably spend maybe three hours a day writing something like that mm. and I don't, sometimes you know it's it's like I'll go to bed at ten o'clock and I'll write till eleven thirty or twelve something like that. I just I don't have any set times or ways or anything like that. I mean, some people I I've, I've heard play a certain record or song or you know have to be sitting in a alcove or something like that. I'm just I'm not that picky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can be. I usually need, I have, I usually have like a certain playlist for each type of genre that I know gets me in, in the mood Do you? to, to write that particular piece. You're not the first person I've heard say that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm very meticulous with my, with my, uh, uh, with the playlist and what I listen to. Cause I can't, it has to be just, just right. 
And I try to write in intervals of 25 minutes. So I only like write those 25 minutes and then I take a break and then I can start a, you know, five minute break and then another 25 minute cycle. Now, see, I, I don't do any of that. I mean, I just, like I said, whenever I get ready to write, I sit down and write until mm-hmm. I'm, you know, having to think of things to write. When I start having to think about what I'm writing, I quit for a while. <laughs> I don't know. I could probably get a recording of that song, uh, Bad Boys, Bad Boys. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. Huh? I don't know. So do you play a certain amount of songs and then you start writing? No, I mean, I, I, I'll play it while I'm writing. And sometimes the uh, it's the same song that's on repeat all the time, especially if it's a short story. Because then I, huh? then I kind of like, oftentimes I'll get triggered into writing a story because I'm listening to a certain song. And, I, and then do you change the song for the next story you write or is it yeah. the same song? Yeah, no, no, I never, ha- I don't have the same songs at all. Um, like now I'm writing like a fantasy, kind of a tragic fantasy. And, and, and right now I'm listening to a lot of, when I write that, I'm listening to a lot of like old Irish uh, and English lamentation, like full, uh, traditional songs, you know, about uh-huh. people losing loved ones and stuff like that. And oftentimes it has to be a woman that sings uh, to be, to get me into the that mood that the, because I want to try to do it. I want to, I'm thinking, I want to be in the same frame of mind as the character uh, I'm yeah. writing about. That's interesting, Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. the, so the the book that's coming out takes place in the fifties. So there's a lot of like fifties style music, but not fifties like rock and roll. It's not like Elvis. It's more like maybe like fifties jazz and big band and stuff um, like that, because it fits more of the attitude in the story. Uh huh. So, so so that that's that playlist is all used up. I don't use that anymore because I'm done with that story. I got you. So. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to uh, find me a couple of songs. <laughs> I can try that. I, I haven't, uh, like I said, I haven't tried that at all. So what's what's next for you? You're you're working on your your third book, the third installment uh, yeah, in the series. I'm like probably a week away from finishing that one, um, and I've already got the idea of my next one. What I want to do. Uh, it came to me uh, when I was talking to Christopher and then Friday night on the author thing that. That he has every Friday. Yeah. And and uh, I heard somebody say something, and the idea came to me, and I'm like, oh yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's a that's um that's a good. I mean, that's a good forum. I have I haven't started in those, but I, I mean, we just uh, received an email, all of us, about it. I saw. Um, and and I mean, are you thinking that this is where you're going to be, you know, landing for for the foreseeable future? These are the characters you're going to write about until it dries up, or are you uh, tempted to to go into a different writing something else? Or are you are you just satisfied here? I'm thinking maybe I'll I'll try to write five books with these characters, and then I'll try to do something else, something totally different. I I, I can't get into horror. I, I would never make a horror writer no. or anything like that. But I'm actually thinking I'll, I'll try to go a different way and see see what how that happens and what 
what comes of it, but mm. I think I'm going to stick with these characters for about five books. So, and I haven't uh, killed off the main character yet, so <laughs> <laughs> I can still use them. <laughs> A lot of times authors will talk about that their characters are noisy or they're silent. Uh, and the noisy characters want more room and they want you to write about them. They have, they say, I have more stories to tell. Is that kind of how you feel? Well, I tell the story through Detective Kelly's eyes. I, I talk through her. Mm -hmm. So she's she uh, has a good sense of humor. <laughs> and she projects that on, you know... Uh, detective Carver, a lot of times, and they, you know, they're not the best detectives in the world. They do bungle <laughs> some things that they're investigating and, and have to regroup and everything. So it's not like they're perfect or anything like that. And uh, it is, uh, like I said, they uh, they make mistakes, but in the end, they, they, you know, figure it out and everything comes out all right. <laughs> <laughs> So your characters, when you when you created them, did you draw inspiration from people you knew, or did you like build a a, a figure from from the ground up? Uh, I just actually uh, made them totally up. To be honest with you, they're not really based on anybody that I know. Now I have give. Other characters, you know, that's going to make like a one-time appearance in book the books or something, uh, a name of someone I know, mm. and, and and you know that person, they're like, oh, you had a name, my name, you know, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, and they really, <laughs> they love that. So I try that every once in a while, but no, I didn't base them on anybody that I can think of that that uh, you know is like them. No. <laughs> no because, That's not the way I started out anyway. I, uh, like I said, I made them totally up and they're, they've kind of evolved, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I mean obviously, they, they kind of have to, you know, somewhere, yeah. some way they, they start living a life of their own and you start realizing that these are pieces that are missing uh, and that I need to fill in. These are things in their backstory that I that maybe needs to come to the forefront. And that's why they react in this these ways this way and stuff like that. And I've often myself kind of based. I oftentimes base part part of a character on people that I know, and think like, well, if this character, if this person was in this situation, how would they react? And try to play off that reaction from a person that I know. That's a good idea. I'll have to think about that. Mm. Because I know some characters, trust me. <laughs> that I have in my life. Yeah, see, see, that's the good part. That's the good part. And that's, that's fun because I play around. I, I have one person that in one way or another is always in my stories. Uh, not the short stories, but like the longer form. Uh -huh. And that character is kind of like, you know, now I'm throwing, it's not the same person. I mean, he doesn't, it's like an actor. It's like a bit, a bit player that I'll throw in and he'll play different roles in different stories. And it's just kind of like, that's a good character because he'd react differently. He's, he'd still like, he's still, still the same person deep down he's inside, like but he doesn't, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have the same name or anything like that. It's just like, in my mind, I know exactly what he looks like. 
and how he acts. And I think it's kind of fun to have like a common denominator in, in, in all the stories. That's a good idea. I just don't want to have somebody read something and go, oh, man, she's talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, I I know. Mad at you for about a century and a half. <laughs> yeah, I know, and I've done that too. I've had characters very obvious who it is, if that person reads the story, which I'm hoping that they won't. They never do. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So I'll have to think about that. I'll have to try that. Hmm. So your um, stories. Uh, are available out in the shops now, correct? Uh, yes, they're on Breaking Rules Publishing site, on Kindle, Amazon, uh, Goodreads. <laughs> anywhere, <laughs> anywhere good books are sold. Yes. Yes. Uh, and it's just like that and nothing else matters. And shortly, the next book, now I can't remember what the last book was called. Fatal Predictions. It's Fatal Predictions. Um, and if people want to like follow you, get in touch with you, where can they find you on, this, on social media? Uh, well, I have a Facebook site, you know, as everybody does. Mm-hmm. And I have um, a book site. Uh, you know, I don't know the actual, um, what they need, to, the link for that, but I don't know that by heart, so I can't really give it to you, but I am on all authors, and they can they can look me up through Breaking Rules Publishing. Yeah. I'll, I'll put the links uh, in the show notes, uh, allauthor.com uh, and uh, Breaking Rules. Uh, any Twitter, Instagram, anything like that that you want to push uh, yes. i'm on instagram and i'm on twitter <laughs> and i do an ad every once in a while through both of them which i'm sure people are tired of seeing <laughs> i'm sure they're not <laughs> uh well sandra it's been sandy it's been a delight uh, talking to you and all the best uh in the the future and thank you and you too looking forward for to see this a series expand maybe who knows maybe uh a uh, crime uh, fiction um, tv sh- tv <laughs> show coming out come out y'all have to check out your book i appreciate you interviewing me and give me this time no my pleasure this is what we do for each other sandy uh yes thank you for coming on and i uh, hope you have a good uh, rest of your evening you too Great chat there, Sandra Wells. Uh, very uh, interesting and fun to talk to. Uh, I would like to thank Sandra Wells for coming on. I would like to thank for uh, all of you for listening. Please, if you like what you hear, give us a rating. Um, share the podcast. Tweet it out. Facebook it out. Instagram it out. Whatever your social media might be. Um, it helps us a lot and gets our listener count up which is always appreciated. Uh, don't forget also, Easing the Reader, coming out this weekend. Um, the Guild After Hours with Tim Mendes as well, already out now. Check that out. And also, please do check out my 
latest book, or my first book, I should say, uh, Face of Fear from Baking Rules Publishing. Anywhere it's sold, wherever you buy books. I would like to thank John Holtman for providing the music today, as always. Um, and I would like to, all of you to stay safe out there and keep reading.